0: Thank you, Roger. Good morning, everyone. I'm Pastor David again here. If you are, in case you're wondering why I'm so tanned today, <laughs> we just returned from a vacation in Arizona. You talk about hot. I kid you not, while we were driving, my cell phone said, it's too hot. And it was about to stop, and I basically took the cell phone and put it in front of the air conditioning wet. And it kind of calmed down. That's how hot <laughs> it was. Incredible. But we returned safely uh, yesterday, and uh, glad to be here preaching from the Word of God. Now, today we are going to conclude uh, all the messages that you have been hearing from the Gospel of Mark. And up on the big screen, you will see a picture with several blue dots. Hopefully they are coming. There you go. Each dot represents a family or a household. And our database tells us about 750 families or households call Midland Free their home church. Again, some of them attend regularly, some of them attend once a month, whatever it is. But if you ask them, what church that you go to, so about 750 families or household would say, we go to Midland Free. Now, here's the thing, that even though we share the same Christian faith, each family is different. No two families are the same. And one reason is beyond the Christian faith, which we all share, each family has its own sets of values that it lives by. Some are spoken, some are unspoken. Regardless, each family has its own set of values by which they live. Seven years ago, believe it or not, seven years have gone by in a sermon, in the summer of 2011, I shared the values that characterize my family. That is my wife, Gemini, and we have two daughters, Edina and Abigail. And here's, we have four of them. And Gemini had carefully worked through them somewhere in the middle of our married life. And here's, here's our, here are our four values that we hold dear. Obviously, the Christian faith. Hopefully, we all share that if you're a Christian. But education is a very high value, partly because where we came from. Education was only the way out. And therefore, we worked hard at educating our kids. And we have held that for years. Extended family is a very high value for us. Some of you know, if you had been here, that you know our mother-in-law lived with us until she passed away in September 2015. For 24 years, we were committed to taking care of her. She was a widow at the time. And we were her retirement benefit. And therefore, we are committed to extended family. When we, when we visit our families, we don't stay in hotels or anything like that. We stay in each other's homes, and we sleep on the floor, and we have fun, you know, all of that. And then when the fa- vacation is over, we are truly sad. And that's a lot to say from a person who is by nature, somewhat introverted. The other one is global citizen. You know, we again, we came from a different country altogether, having a different culture and things of that kind. And, I, and we came here, we settled down, and we had our kids and our families are, you know, here and all of that. We had to learn to get along with people of all cultures and ethnic groups and races and languages and things of that kind. And as a result, we truly became global citizens. And we treat... Everybody the same, regardless of their skin color or the language that they spoke or where they came from and whatever. And Jem and I were diligent in teaching these to our kids as they grew up in our home and we also modeled these values for them. Here's the question. Do you know what your family values are? would you be able to state them this morning? Just like that. One, two, three, four, five, whatever that might be. Again, whether you are able to state them or not, each family has its own set of values. Some of them are spoken, some of them remain unspoken. Regardless, each family does have a set of values by which they live. Now, as an encouragement, in fact, back in 2011 summer when I gave this sermon, it was part of talking about families. And one of the things that I encouraged was families to sit down, particularly the husband and wife, to sit down and, and write them down so that you know what they are. And this is especially important for young families as two. Husband and wife, young man and a woman come together and form a new family. They do bring two sets of values because they grew up in two different families. And therefore, to put those two together and merge and agree to live by new set of family values. In fact, Jim brought a different family than mine, and, but we sat down and we wrote this together. And from there on, these were the family values by which we were going to live. This morning, in continuing our sermon series from the Gospel of Mark, we will be looking at chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, please open your Bibles to Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, and we will be looking at verses 31 through 35. And if we are using the church Bible, the blue Bible, you will find that on page 1066. Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, verses 31 through 35. Page 1066. In this passage, Jesus says that out of all the families of the earth, God is creating a new family. The family of God. And that it is characterized by a specific set of values. And let's see if we could pick up that particular value here, or set of values here. Beginning in verse 31. And his, meaning Jesus's, mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And Jesus answered them. Saying, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, said, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. And here's the value. Whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. God. Jesus says, is creating a new family, the family of God, and it is characterized by just one value. They all do the will of God the Father. Now the next slide. And here it is. This is how I would put it. All the blue dots represent families from all over the world. Including families represented here at Midland Free. And from all of those families, God is calling for himself. A group of people to be part of his family. The God's family. And they live by just one value. That they all do.
1: The will of God. The Father.
0: Now, just as we expect our children to live by the values of our families, we certainly did. God expects His members, His family members, to live by His values. Furthermore, just as parents model their family values to their children, whether they are spoken or unspoken, God the Father modeled His family's values through his son, Jesus. Here's what Jesus has to say about this. John chapter 6, verse 38. I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus lived by his father's Family value. Here's another one. John chapter 5 verse 30. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge and my judgment is just because I seek not my will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus loved and modeled the family value. The value of. Of his father. Here's another one. John chapter 4 verse 34. My food is to do the will of him. Who sent me. And to accomplish.
1: His work.
0: You see Jesus lived out the value of God's family. Which is doing the will of God. In so doing, he modeled it for us on how to do the will of God the Father. So at this point, the important question is, what exactly is the will of God? What is it? Because if we you know that, because being part of God's family is to do the will of God, and if you know what the will of God is, then we can actually try to live that. And so that's the question that I want to resolve with. That's, you know, what, what exactly is this will of God the Father that we are to live out if we were to be part of his family? You see, to find an answer to this question, I studied all the New Testament passages that speak directly about the will of God. And I studied them and grouped them together and on all of those different things. They, they somehow f- seem to fall into three categories. Here are the will of God. The first one is actually about salvation. God has a will regarding salvation. The second one is actually sanctification. God has a will regarding sanctification. And third is mission. God has a will regarding his mission. And so that's the way that I would like to organize the sermon this morning. Salvation, sanctification, and mission. And those who are part of God's family live out these values, which is the will of God. So let's look at the first one, God's will regarding salvation. And I'm going to give you a dose of New Testament passages this morning. But I'll make it as simple as possible. But the three things to remember, God, those who belong to the family of God, live out the will of God, and the will of God is about salvation, sanctification, and mission. And here it is, John chapter 6, verse forty. This is Jesus speaking. This is the will of my father. Here it is. I have underlined those things. Here's the will of my father. That everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. John chapter 1 verses 12 through 13. Here's again. But to all who did receive him, receive Jesus, that is, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And those two verses give us an idea of what the will of God is regarding salvation. That members of God's family... Put their trust in His Son, Jesus, and be saved. That's the will of the Father. Negatively put, no trust in Jesus, no salvation, thus no membership in God's family. That's why, by the way, there are eight banners that are hanging on the walls here. Those are the eight characteristics, as we call them, of disciple-makers. And that's why we have put this as the very first characteristic, which is on the far right over there, which says this. Trust in Christ alone for salvation, repenting of sins and relying solely upon the atonement of Jesus Christ for salvation. And there are some scripture verses corresponding to that as well. So if you have done that, that you have put your trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of of your sins, based solely upon the atoning work of Christ on the cross, you have fulfilled the first will of God. But if you have not done that, I hope and pray that you will have an opportunity to do that today, that God would convict you of your sins. And the need for forgiveness of those sins. And to put your trust. In Jesus Christ. For your salvation. So that's the first way of living. The will of God. In the family of God. That is to repent of sins. And rely solely on their turning of Jesus Christ. God's son. For salvation. The second one is God's will regarding sanctification. And let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. By the way, these verses will appear on the screen. Chapter 4, beginning in verse 3. It says, this is the will of God. Your sanctification. It cannot get any more clear than this. Sanctification is the will of God. That you abstain from sexual immorality. That each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. In other words, it it says sanctification is the will of God. And then it goes on to explain what the sanctification is all about. Verse 7, for God has not called us for impurity but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So those who live in the family of God, those who are members of God's family, who have repented of their sins and put their trust in Jesus Christ and received their salvation, now are to do his second will, which is sanctification. And one of the aspects of sanctification here, according to this, these verses that I read, is growing in holiness. Now, here's another aspect of sanctification. There are lots of them, but here's another aspect, which is actually, it's, it's sanctification is growing in our worship of God and gratitude to Him. Here's First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. And here it is. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So the first aspect of growing in sanctification is growing in our holiness. And the second one is growing in our worship of God and gratitude to him. That is sanctification. Here's another one, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 17, and also 419. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. And here's verse 419. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. You know, suffering can be God's will. So growing in holiness is sanctification. Growing in our worship of God and gratitude to Him is sanctification. Growing in our ability to suffer for the sake of God, for the sake of the gospel, in this world, it's also God's will. Now at this point, some of you might be saying, boy, the sanctification thing seems so hard. Maybe even impossible. But let's look to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. First and then the following one. Here's what it says. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And it goes on to give you an example. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit.
1: Being filled with the Holy Spirit
0: is the will of God. An important valley for those who are members of God's family. But notice what happens in the following verses. What happens when we are filled with the Holy Spirit? Verse 19. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. In other words, we have already said, you know, sanctification is actually growing in our holiness, growing in our worship of God and gratitude to Him. And here it is, gratitude to him, singing and making melody to the Lord with all of your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Further, we grow in our ability to minister to one another. That is also sanctification. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That too is part of sanctification. You see, when we say sanctification is hard, yeah, without the Holy Spirit, it would have been impossible to be on the path of sanctification. Because it's the work of the Holy Spirit to sanctify us. And that's why we have put the second value up there. Living by the Holy Spirit. Being filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Pursuing a life of holiness. Bearing the fruit of the Spirit and relating to one another. And shepherding others to do the same.
1: So doing the will of
0: God in the family of God means this. First, being saved by trusting in Christ alone for salvation. Second, being sanctified by appropriating the power of the Holy Spirit or tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit or living by the Holy Spirit, they all mean the same. And when we live by the Holy Spirit, we grow in our holiness, we grow in our worship of God and gratitude to Him, we grow in our ability to do good, we grow in our ability to minister to one another, and we grow in our ability to suffer. For the sake of the gospel and for the sake of God. Now there's a third thing. Or a third value by which we live in God's family. Again, remember this. If we expected our children to live by our family values. And we taught them and we modeled for them then we cannot complain God expecting us to live his values as we are, part, we are being part of God's family. So we have talked about salvation, we have talked about sanctification, and here's the third one. God's will regarding his mission. There are several passages that speak to this, by the way. I have chosen just one. Let's look at First Peter chapter 2, verse 15.
1: And here it is. This is the
0: will of God. That by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Now, there are three important things Greek words that I would like to explain to you in this one. The first one is the word ignorance. It says here, this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. The Greek word that is translated ignorance is actually agnosia, from which the English word agnostic comes from. Who are the agnostics? They are the ones who say, you know, you cannot prove that a God exists. Neither can you prove that God doesn't exist. You, you cannot do neither one. Therefore, they refuse to take a position for or against God. They wouldn't say that God exists. They wouldn't say that God doesn't exist.
1: And one commentator said it this way, it is the ultimate straddling
0: the fence position. This is in contrast to, for example, atheists who outright reject the existence of God. In other words, agnostics are spiritually ignorant people. And that's why it says, you know, put to silence the ignorance of the foolish people. Or put to silence the ignorance of the agnostics.
1: Now, the, how do you put to
0: silence an agnostic? That's where the second word that comes in put to silence. It's one word in the Greek language of the New Testament. Now, the, the image here is muzzling an ox.
1: or a horse.
0: In other words, you put a device in these animals when, when you're you know, threshing the floor to get your grain, or when you're going from one place to another, or whatever else they do, they, they, they put an equipment so that this animal would do what you want it to do. Would go in the direction that you want it to go. That it would not be distracted by anything else. That's the image here. It's translated as put to to silence. But that's the image here. So what, what, what it's saying is that, you know, you see this agnostics who are spiritually ignorant. Who don't know what they are talking about. They won't take a stand whether God exists or God does not exist. Muscle them. So that they will see what they need to see. They will understand what they need to understand. And they will pursue what they need to pursue. That's the image that's there. Now the question is, what's the device? What's the device? And the word here is do good. That's also two English words but one Greek word.
1: It is doing
0: something that would benefit them. Not not the one doing good, but do good that would benefit the other who is on the receiving end. In this particular case, it's an agnostic. So what do you think will benefit
1: an agnostic?
0: So knowing the truth. Knowing the gospel. Knowing Jesus. Knowing that salvation is available only through Christ Jesus and and no one else on earth. And so putting it all together, you know, put to silence these agnostics, or muscle these agnostics by doing good, which means, you know, telling them the truth, the gospel about Jesus, what he has done. That's doing the will of God.
1: It's mission. That's evangelism. That's sharing the gospel with unbelievers. So those
0: who are members of God's family are saved people by the blood of Jesus. His atoning death on the cross. It is through that work that we have forgiveness for our sins. So they, they need to be saved. Second, they need to be in the process of salvation. Becoming more and more holy. And doing good. And suffering. And worshiping well. And all with the help of the Holy Spirit. And the third thing that they do, they are on mission of God. And that's why we put the third value there. I think it might be on the other side. Share the gospel with unbelievers. Making the most of every opportunity to evangelize and leading others to do the same. You know, one of my prayers all the time, every time I I close my eyes and bow my head and kneel down or whatever I do, one of my prayers has always been this. You know, I look around and see the members of the congregation here. Scattered everywhere in these communities. They are in their neighborhoods, they are in their workplaces, they are in their schools, where they might be in their hosp- where, hospitals and wherever they are. They're all here, they're all touch points with unbelievers. And I said to myself, God, use all of these encounters. To share the gospel with unbelievers. What if every person were to make make it a prayer for this coming year. Which begins next Sunday. God enabled me to lead one person to Christ. In the next 12 months. Wouldn't it be something? But I say this again, just that we expect our children to live out our family values. God expects his family members to live out his family values, which is the will of God in sanctification, salvation, sanctification, and the mission of God. It is interesting. We returned from vacation yesterday. At 1 o'clock in the morning, we got a call from our daughter, the older one who's married, Edina. She was expecting. And we knew it was going to be the first week of September. And there he is. (laughs) Now, I want to say this. It was 1 o'clock in the morning... We couldn't wait to wake up, right? And if not for preaching this morning, I would have been there. In fact, as soon as I'm done here, I am on the road. And I want you to know that's exactly what happens in God's family. When somebody is born again and added to God's family. The Bible says that, right? There's great joy. There's unimaginable joy. The angels begin
1: to sing. Second,
0: we are committed First of all, their parents, his parents, and second of all, grandparents alike from both sides. We are committed to his growth. I'm going to use the word sanctification. We are. We are not, whatever is humanly possible, we are going to let him grow up. The man God wants him to be.
1: In the same way,
0: God is committed to the members of his family regarding their salvation. That's why God went out of his way to give us the third person of the Trinity to live within us. You and I are not alone. Just as that child is not alone. And obviously, parents first and grandparents later on in, in that order have the responsibility to make sure that he follows God all the days of his life. That's a mission given to parents. So if you're sitting here as a, as a parent here, you do have
1: a mission evangelize and
0: disciple your children it needs to be again sharing the the gospel with the unbelievers absolutely wherever we go but the mission begins
1: at home
0: so it's my prayer that all of you would be Members of God's family, and that you would live out the will of God as a member of that family, which involves your salvation, your sanctification, as well as your mission. May that be so as we begin a new school year. I guess it begins on Tuesday for many of you. Let's pray. Lord, our Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to be part of your family. Thank you for choosing me and choosing my brothers and sisters who are here. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who lives in us and helps us in our sanctification process, in our mission. Oh, Lord, help us to live lives in such a way that we do live out the values of God's family.